Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Jamie, we begin this week uh, with... Content that all millennials want, <laughs> namely a BuzzFeed quiz. I will ask you okay. a question. It will have four potential answers. You will give me one, and at the end, we will decide whether or not you're a communist. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, I I would like to say before we start this, I would like to apologize to our audience for our unprofessional opening to the show, where I swore immediately. Um, me and Al were having a normal conversation, and then he just started the show, and it quite caught me off guard. Um, but yes, yes, I am ready. Uh, let's go. Am I a communist? Okay, what is your favorite color? Blue? Green? <laughs> oh no, because I know what my favorite white. color is, and it's, it's going to be a real bad luck for this one. <laughs> Or red, Jamie. It is red. It is red. Like, that's genuinely my favourite colour because I support Arsenal. (laughs) But the second you asked it, I knew that this was... Well, actually, to be fair, I don't know whether I want to be... In in the year of our Lord 2020, I don't know whether I want to... uh, I actually want to be a communist. Perhaps. All right. What's your favourite kind of spirit? Okay. Whiskey. Moonshine. Rum or vodka? Now, I know this is going to sound bad, <laughs> but I've never had moonshine. Um, I Rum is one of those drinks that I had a very bad experience on, and so I don't drink it anymore. We all have one of those drinks. Um, whiskey burns my throat. So even though I don't really drink vodka, by default, I have to say vodka. <laughs> it's not looking this good not here, looking Jamie, good. is it? It's not looking good. All right, Jamie, we move okay. on to the uh, the... the, the, the... The final question. Uh, okay. Wow, short what... quiz. If only they were using this back in the 60s, it would have been a lot easier to whittle out the communists. All right. Uh, which foodstuff do you prefer? Corn? Maize? Wheat? Or potatoes? Okay. Uh, could you repeat some of those? And I might have to ask you what some of them are. <laughs> Corn. I know what that is. Maize. What's maize? Maize is like a... Isn't maize just corn? It's not... I mean, like, corn of the cob for corn. Okay, so me, and then yeah, what's that's maize? Confusing. It's confusing on my part. Maize is like a, it's like a corn wheat type thing. Okay. Wheat okay. or <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> Wait, then what's wheat? You can't go... Yeah. You can't go but corn it, and then maize, maize is which is a corn meat, slash right? wheat, and then you say wheat. You just... Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, considering it's the only one I feel like I have a solid, absolute knowledge of what it is, I'm going to have to say potatoes. Okay, so Jamie, I'm sorry, but according to BuzzFeed, and hey, I didn't come up with it, the geniuses at BuzzFeed did, uh, you are in fact 100% communist, uh, <laughs> and we are going to have to raid your house. So I've actually got Ellen in round the door at the back, she's going to come in and just start stealing your stuff and turning over your drawers and arresting you. So have a good time, you bloody bleeding heart liberal. Privet, and welcome to Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon, and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. 
Uh, fun fact, I've been possessed by the ghost of J. Edgar Hoover, and uh, I have therefore decided <laughs> I'm going to go and uh, purge us all of communists. I'm sorry, Jamie. Um, I would like it known that I, I do actually, I, I have a decent idea of what corn and mace and wheat are. I was just stalling so I could look up hello in Russian. <laughs> um, now, Alexander, uh, I'll let you have your, your lovely bit at the beginning of the show because I don't like to deprive you of that. However, uh, I was going to open the show this week with a song. Uh, as last week, you uh, you made a very good song uh, and, and I got jealous that you'd uh, had the limelight. Uh, so I, I decided I would make a song myself, um, for, which, you know, I've, I've done in the past and it's always gone poorly and it always stresses me out, but I decided to do it again anyway. Uh, so it's inspired by this week's film. Uh, so here we go. You would not believe your eyes I just watched Bridge of Spies I hope it did not send me to sleep I think it's real unfair Hanks and Spielberg as a pair I just think they treat their films with such great care I'd like to write some more lyrics but this song's hard to parody. So that's my song. <laughs> I've got three things, all right? Okay, good. One, I appreciate that you didn't go for the easy one, which is, uh, bye and bye, just watch Bridge of Spies. Which, oh, that which... would have oh, been so much better. That would have been so much better. <laughs> this is what makes me angry, Alexander. Before we get to your two other points, last week, you do that song, and I think it's amazing, and you go, oh, I did it in the 30 seconds before this. I spent £1.50 on that song so I could get the backing track and spent about an hour and a half on it, and it was still quite shit. <laughs> this is what infuriates me, Alexander. I love... No, 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 that's what... Number two, and this is very important before we get into my snarky third one. Number two is, that was very good. I thought you were showing a Casio keyboard somewhere, so like well done i thought the production values definitely stepped up and we re- we need to release an album that's that's okay, all i think yeah. is we have to release on spotify an album of uh, tom hanks parody songs and start making in that sweet sweet spotify money jamie let's get 0.002 pence for every single listen I mean, I do have to say that uh, last week I said I'd been writing yeah. a parody song, uh, and but it was for an upcoming episode. That wasn't even the parody song oh. that I just played for you. I've got another one, and that one is planned for uh, our last episode, and I'm very excited. <laughs> um, right. Because, uh, I'm yeah, I'm going balls deep on that one. Um, uh, finally, and this is important, yep. uh, and I need, uh, I, I can see this, uh, but obviously it's not a visual podcast, so our, our listeners won't have been able to. But uh, everyone needs to know that the pod, the song you just heard was labelled Fireflies Try 2.mp3. <laughs> and I need to know what happened with Fireflies Try 1.mp3. Um, what happened with Fireflies Try 1.mp3 is I sent it to my girlfriend and she said it was shit. So I did another one. <laughs> oh, I've been exposed, Alexander. How dare you? <laughs> um oh right well that's that's all my energy expelled for this week um how are you doing i'm doing good i'm doing good uh i am 
it's nice doing it on a Sunday. We've been doing it on a Saturday recently, which has been very fun. But you know what? It's nice to have one day of full rest in between, and then you kind of come in on Sunday, and you got energy, all right? You're not just coming off from the work week. I'm not covered in coal because of my time working in a coal mine. Uh, I've been able to clean myself, and now I come to you, Jamie, uh, ready and raring to go. Fantastic. Well, let's just dive straight into it then. Uh, obviously, this week we are reviewing Bridge of Spies, but before we, uh, which you, you may, you may have, you may have heard, got that from the song. It would have been a bit weird if that was the song and we weren't reviewing yeah. Bridge of Spies. All um, the title of the podcast. All the titles of the podcast. You, you know, no, I assume that I, I see titles of podcasts or titles of films as a spoiler. I yeah, always just blind download my podcasts and just wildly tap at my phone with my eyes closed until it starts playing, just so that I don't have anything uh, ruined for me. Um, but before we do that, obviously, we've got an ongoing update. Uh People who have been listening to the show for a long time know that uh, we are the show that chronologically reviews Tom Hanks' entire MDB. But why are we doing that? Well, we're doing that because a couple of years ago, aliens invaded and they demanded that we prove our worth to them to join the United States of space. And we decided we would do that by uh, presenting them the works of our greatest human. We decided that person was Tom Hanks. However, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I had an update from, from the aliens uh, and they, they weren't really impressed with what we'd uh, provided with them so far. So they did say, like, just get ready. You might need to do a little bit more. So we, we racked our brains and we, we came up with who we're going to uh, have as our potential sequel to Hank's Bank. But, you know, not to, uh, you know, bl- completely ruin the uh, surprise straight away. We are dropping hints each week. Uh, now, last week, Alexander, I'll, I'll try in each week to recap all of the hints we have so far. We've only got two so far, so that's not too difficult. Yeah. Uh, last week, I believe I said that uh, this person had never appeared in a film with Tom Hanks. Uh, and you said that this person was famous for breathing blue dragon fire, I believe was your clue. I don't really remember it because I don't understand it. Is that around about what you said? That's definitely what I said, give or take. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, my clue for this week uh, is that this person, uh, their first name has never been a top 50 most used names in American history, which I think uh, you knowing the name is quite surprising because yeah, it is what I would consider quite a common name, but it peaked in usage in uh, 1915 mm. uh, and has never broken the top 50. That's true, that's true. Uh, so here's mine. Uh, this person, he or she, or she, or he, was present when Dick Cheney shot Harry Whittington. What? That's, I feel like that's definitely not true. How, how you can't just make things up. It's going to really confuse people. <laughs> And I, I really hate that last week, I was, I last week I was like, oh, maybe it's just a clue that I don't understand. But now it makes it very clear that it was just a completely fake clue. You're just doing misdirects to our dear audience. And we are trying to actually get some people to get this, you know, some, some native engagement with the show. But if you do think you know who it is from the clues that have been given so far, uh-huh, please uh-huh. do give us a tweet. Obviously, if Al's clue is correct, I believe there are only about four people on that hunt, so it does whittle it down quite substantially. <laughs> we were supposed to be remaining relatively weak, but 
apparently Al has decided to whittle it down to a, a grand total of four people. Um, so yes, please do uh, send us a tweet if you uh, think you know who who we might be referring to. Uh, and in the meantime, we will get on reviewing Bridge of Spies. Uh, people who have uh, listened before will know that we do this in a very specific way. We do a little bit of historical context, let you know about what was going on when this film came out. And then we give you a little bit of film context, you know, some behind the scenes, some fun facts. Uh, now, Alexander, it is my turn this week for uh, the historical context. I believe that is correct. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Good. We've we've had a couple mistakes in the past, so I do like to check. Uh, but I don't like to check before we record the podcast. Mm. I just like to check on the air, as it were. Of course. Um, but of course, he has two things coming out in 2015. So I will be not taking up the entire year. I'm mostly Aww. trying to remain within uh, January to June, although I might veer out a little bit of that uh, because I didn't check the uh, release dates of some of these popular culture <laughs> things. Um, anyway, uh, 2015 obviously it's the election where Cameron promises to offer a referendum on the United Kingdom's membership in the European Union in order to secure the first majority Conservative government for 18 years. At the same time, the SNP won 56 of 59 seats, increasing their number of seats in Parliament by a whopping 933%, uh, which is bonkers. Um, yeah. Additionally, we have uh, Seth Blatter resigning as president of FIFA amid claims of corruption uh, and accepting bribes in uh, the process of finding a host for the World Cup. Slander. Uh, I know, obviously, completely untrue. Uh, this, uh, on this, one, one on this podcast, ones. alongside knowing who was there when uh, Dick Cheney shot someone, we also stand for Seth Blatter, right? <laughs> he made the sport what it was, and people need to put some respect on his name. Um. I really hope you're going to go to bat for this next one as well, which is uh, that there were reports that The Sun were quietly phasing out their use of topless models on page three, but they brought them back. Uh, they brought back the feature, proudly claiming that they had a mammary lapse. I need I need to talk to our non-British listeners, and actually just like every listener about this, but how goddamn insane is it? That a national newspaper read, well, I think, which may be the most read national, most newspaper, widely read, yep, just had women with their boobs out on page three for like forty years. Like, yep. that's weird. That's so aggressively odd. That like, that's not news related. You know, that's that's just weird. Women now read Ale- newspapers now, too. Now, Alexander, I do believe. Uh, not that I am a, an expert on the topic, but I do believe that these women were always commenting on some sort of news of the day. I believe yeah. that was the conceit. I do. So, so of course that does count. Ca- that's just you know going to the public, and and you know getting fresh, you know on the streets takes. It's it's, it's you like, know it's it's really why it was the newspaper of the people. It's like when you're uh, a ten-year-old uh, North American and you're kind of civics class, and your teacher's Liman Miranda, and he's like, "Guys, settle down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you U.S. history with some rap." Uh, the son tries to do that, but with baps. <laughs> Very good. Very well. Baps done. is well the done. worst word for boobs. Can we just agree with that? People shouldn't use that word anymore. It's weird, guys. Baps are bread. All right, they're rolls. Not now, boobs. of course, do come back uh, next week for when we are going to break down the top 10 words for, for women's boobs. Uh, Al's going to prepare his list and come back uh, well-researched. Number um, one, breasts. <laughs> Stop there. It's the one that makes me feel the least creepy. We're going to stick with that and move on. 
Although I will say, because Alyssa had gone to a, an all-girls school, the first time she saw me without a top on, she did refer to my chest as boobs. And I was like, that is the... I was like, what? And she's Al, like... I re- Al, I really hate to... I know I know. she gave you the excuse that it was because she went to all-girls school. Whoa! I, I think she may have just... <laughs> Whoa! I'm skinny it's just a, now, it's just Jamie. A very, it's just I'm a very bold now. thing. Very bold thing to admit on a podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, we also have uh, Jeremy Clarkson being fired from Top Gear after he punched a producer in the face because he was offered soup and a cold meat platter instead of a steak. That's that's just some baby stuff. Jamie once punched me in the face because the, his beer wasn't cold enough. I mean, this is you know. <laughs> look, what I'm saying is, it is completely okay in a professional environment for the talent to physically abuse their staff. Clearly, people and, people were so on Jeremy Clarkson's side. My dad, oh, yeah, yeah. who no, I the- love, <laughs> defended this as he's like, well, you just, you know, sometimes you get back and you think you're having a state dinner instead you're having a cold cut. <laughs> And you know, you, you know what? Like, I've been, I've been disappointed by various culinary options uh, offered to me in the past. You know, I've, I've got home and, and, and seen something on the table, and, and who hasn't just immediately come to blows over that? We've all, we've all had that experience. Um, in fact, you are, you are correct that people were so much on Jeremy Clarkson's side that the then uh, someone high up in the BBC, I've, I've read this, but I haven't got it in my notes, uh, but he started to receive death threats. Um, because of his decision to fire Jeremy Look, Clarkson for punching his co-worker in the face. I don't care the pretext. Anyone's getting fired for punching their co-worker in the face. What I find funny is that for maybe 10 years, not 10 years, but like a good five years in British culture, our most edgy comedian ran our most popular show. And that was like, he's not even edgy. At all. He's just a weird guy from the 1970s who likes to make 1970s jokes in the year 2008. And, like, there's a lot of things which I was on board for, like, I don't, you know, the whole ruddy, like, they caused an international incident in the Falklands. I was like, that's kind of funny. I don't care. Like, whatever. Sure. Fine. Move on. Move on with your lives. But I, I the things I don't like were the one time he made a weird, no, where he uh, did the eeny, meeny, money, mo thing. That wasn't cool. Yep. That's bad. Don't like I, it. I don't think I. You know what, Al? I don't think we need to relitigate on this podcast about whether Jeremy Clarkson is a good person or not. No. But <laughs> hey, Jamie, we got some fans out there who I am convinced were like, you know what? You should just deck people you work with. All right. We got some people. I, I hate to say their names, Alyssa, but she thinks it's okay for you to hit people who bring you food. I mean, not me, obviously. Don't want. That's not the suggestion. The suggestion was not Alyssa. It's me when I bring a bad name. The suggestion isn't that Al calls you, uh, Alyssa calls you fat and beats you. Those are not the things you are announcing on this podcast, just to be clear. Um, We also have Hotline Bling being the song of the summer. And things were also getting hot and steamy in the cinema with Fifty Shades of Grey and Magic Mike XXL hitting cinemas. Uh, we have Adele releasing her third album, 25, and at the same time, 25 million nerds around the world were screaming in pain as Jon Snow is left in his death throes in a season-ending cliffhanger on Game of Thrones. Would we just be left with Alemia? Amelia Clark also left Shark, caused a big spark at the Super Bowl halftime show, and Bing Bong has a sing-song and says so long in Inside Out, while Mad Max gives us flashbacks to 80 soundtracks, and Star Wars settled old scores up. After the prequels had caused big snores. 
Jamie tries so much harder than I do, guys, and I really want to appreciate <laughs> that because Jesus Christ, has he put a look? Sometimes I put a lot of effort into an episode, and it's maybe like a minute of effort or two minutes, and Jamie's like, "Whoa, well done!" And then sometimes Jamie just comes in with straight fire for twenty minutes straight, and the rest of the podcast is gonna be a letdown. But this has been some good content from Jamie so far. I've just been snarky and trying to, I don't know, defend the use of baps as a word for boobs and defending Jamie Clarkson, but Jamie made a rhyming bit. Uh, let's talk about Bridge of Spies then, I guess. Yes, uh, I mean, I did have one last thing, which was uh, oh, yeah, that Kanye announced, he, <laughs> Kanye announced he would be running for president in the year 2020. Yeah, yeah, that happened all the way back in 2015. Oh, anyway, so yes, back, let's talk back about Bridge of Spies. Not even universally, but more liked Kanye album came out. Yeah, that was the time. That was the yeah. time. Okay, Bridge of Spies, uh, let's talk Bridge about of it. Sp- Bridge of Spies, directed once again by uh, our favourite director on the show, uh, one Mr. Uh, Steven Spielberg. I'm going to stop this accent because I hate it. Uh, starring, of course, one Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. Uh, Mark Rylance as Rudolph Abel. Uh, Do we want to other... give our, our quick plot summary before we dive any further sure. into it? Before any of this, I'll give you the quick plot summary. Effectively, it's the Cold War. Spies exist. Thermonuclear Armageddon is constantly a risk. Uh, Mark Rylance playing uh, Rudolph Abel. Uh, is captured by uh, the U.S. and Tom Hanks is brought in as, as his lawyer to make sure that uh, justice can be seen, can be done, and he can and he is seen to be given a good defense on uh, to prevent this from being a show trial. Uh, an American spy is captured in uh, having kind of crashed his plane over Soviet Russia, and, and then Tom uh, Hanks just ha- has to go over there and negotiate a trade. And this is all based on a true story, I believe. Yeah. In fact, uh, on the website, uh, I think it's Information is Beautiful, this film is given an 88.1% truthful rating, which wow. is pretty good. That's more truthful than Captain Phillips. That's more truthful than, uh, I think, like The Wolf of Wall Street. It is. I think the only one I could see with 100% truthful rating was the film Selma, which is interesting. Uh, I believe it is also more truthful than uh, a film by your mate, True Challenge, fourth name, me 12 Years a Slave. It's a fun <laughs> fact. But uh, uh, generally also- speaking... I hear it's also just slightly more truthful than Toy Story. Is that correct? It's just like, just, it, just, it just edges out Toy Story. I mean, you know, allegedly it edges out Toy Story in terms of truthfulness. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, personally, Jamie, uh, I have the imagination of a child, so I know that Toy Story is 100% <laughs> true. And you can stuff it. But yeah, in terms of actors, there are a lot of people you will know the faces of. Uh, there's the guy who's actually in Vice, the film where Dick Cheney shoots someone. Oh, I wonder if we're doing him for the podcast. Uh, as well as he's also in Game Night. I forget his name, but he's Ginger, and he's in this film. What's he called? What's he called? I, I, I don't know, Al. This is your part. He's You're not coming up. To... He's not coming up in the top. This is a bad cast list. I'm not going to lie. Agent? No, he's an agent. Uh, yeah, though the uh, cast list on IMDb, I believe, is by uh, appearance. Uh, like oh, for who? God's sake. Uh, so yeah, the, the, it's, it's, it's very difficult. I don't need to know his name. The film cost $40 million and ended up making $156 million. So it was a wow. success. That's very much I mean, like... That, that's, un, that's unsurprising. It's Tom Hanks and, and Spielberg. Like, yeah, I also think like, the budget is relatively low. Like it's not crazy high is what I mean. Sorry. And like Spielberg is good at making movies for this kind of amount, which makes an amount where it's a good return on investment, but it's nothing absolutely insane. Uh, it made $72 million in the US at an uh, opening weekend of $15 million, so really good. Ended up being nominated for six Academy Awards and won for Best Supporting Actor by Mark Rylance, our boy Marky R, who uh, Jamie has met. 
uh, uh, I have met him. Do you want uh, my my one fun fact about Mark Rylance, which is not about the time I met him, uh, but it is about the fact that he does live around the corner from me uh, and drives a smart car. And and it angers me to no end that a man that successful drives that shitty tiny car. Oh, come on. That is very on brand for Mark Reynolds, who's notorious for being an environmentalist. Oh, he's, having, having seen him walk around and having met him, uh, he is the strangest dressed man I have ever met in my yeah. life. He's not outwardly weird, like wearing, you know, super bright and colourful and weird and weird and wacky outfits. He just wears odd things, like odd combinations. He's got a lot of cardigans. Anyway, I'm talking about I, this like he's my best friend. No, I, I've I, just I, seen what, him around four what times. What I find very interesting uh, about Mike Rylance is that he's probably the most easy to find Academy Award winner in that like he does just do a lot of theatre in London and then after that he'll cycle home. Like my brother stopped him after he cycled home from a play he saw just to say thank you very much and blah blah blah. He was that right at the time. And um, they'll have a chat with you, which is nice. He seems to be a nice guy. No, no, so, ab- you know. absolutely lovely. I've had one conversation yeah. with him, and he was very, he was very generous with his time. Yeah, which is always great. He uh, was just film... wearing a fedora at the time, and it was very distracting. Oh, but Jamie, you wear a fedora every other weekend. What are you talking Obviously. about? Come on, come on. It was written by uh, Matt Charman, who did the original first draft. And then, fun fact, this is Tom Hanks' second Coen Brothers film. Yes, uh, yes it is. With a script passed done by Ethan Coen and Joel Coen. Which I feel you can, it sort of comes across in the scripts, but it's definitely. Yes, there's very... definitely elements of it that, that feel very Coen Brothers esque. Yeah. Uh, the film was uh, won another 30 uh, awards after the one Oscar and was nominated for over 101 uh, nominations. So, yeah, that's the fun fact about this film. Cool. I've got so, some other stuff oh. about, like, uh, like we'll talk about it as we go through for kind of things that I don't want to give away. But Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know you like to uh, open with your with your phrase of this film begins like all films, uh, good films should. However, uh, I believe you're going to skip over the first thing that actually happens in this film that I would like to comment on, which is that this film has no less than six vanity cards. Uh, it is produced right. by four different companies. And so it flashes up the vanity card for um, Fox 2000 and DreamWorks uh, and Reliance Entertainment and then one other, so all four of those, Touchdown. and then it says Fox 2000 uh, Pictures, DreamWorks uh, Pictures, and Reliance Entertainment presents alongside so-and-so entertainment and so-and-so productions, A Bridge of Spies. No less than six screens of just just the various different fucking producers on this film, and it annoyed me to no end. Oh, oh, suck it up, Jamie, all right? You but know, then how look, does this film actually start, Alexander? This film uh, begins as uh, all good films should with Mark Rylance. That's right, Jamie. All films need to begin with Mark Rylance on them. 100% uh, agreed. I believe, you know, he's great. We love him. Best, one of, if not the best actor of our time. Uh, needs to be in more stuff, guys. Uh, suck it. Uh, and Mark Rylance, of course, is painting, I believe, Jamie. Yes, he's, he is. He's having a wee paint. He's having a wee draw. He's got these big glasses. He's bald on top. I guess he's always bald on top. That's Mark Rylance. That's very much on brand for him. And uh, I, I guess don't think what, you guys? can describe someone's appearance as on brand. It's like, oh, yeah, you've still uh, got eyebrows, which are very on brand for Mark Rylance. These these people are uh, actors, Jamie, and therefore they have a they have a visual brand as well as a. Uh, acting brand they are also chameleons they could have given him hair if they wanted to um 
he kind of goes out on his day. Sure, uh, and uh, he's being followed. He's got a tail, effectively. Yes, he's yes, he's being tailed, tailed by clearly some some government agents. They go through. Uh, we are in Brooklyn, I believe. Yes, we're um, and um, they are uh, trying to tail him on uh, a train station on an underground platform. Uh, they have the classic being held up by the crowd of people, and and I hate that trope, Alexander. I hate it. No one ever tries to just walk through the middle of a... Like, every tube station I have ever been in, like, you just create very clear funnels of, like, people going in one direction go on this side and people going in the other direction go on the other side. I've never in my life, like, ended up flailing through a crowd of people in a tube station. But, Jamie, and I have to... I hate to ask it, but, you know, are you a spy? That's Spycraft 101, Jamie, is get in the crowd, get lost in the crowd, all right? <laughs> Have you never played Assassin's Creed? Not a spy game, that's a murder game. But in many ways, the spy game and the murder game are fairly similar. <laughs> um, so he does manage to uh, lose them in the crowd, uh, where he then goes to a bench. Uh, mm-hmm. He is does painting, painting on the bench uh, as as an illusion, as a, as a way to hide what he's trying to do. He uh, starts to adjust his easel, at which point he pulls a little coin from underneath uh, the, the bench. Uh, he takes that back to his apartment. He then takes a razor and attaches it to a matchbook. He yeah. uses the razor to peel apart this uh, this coin. coin, which has a folded up piece of paper in it. He then puts this folded up piece of paper under a like specific kind of light. And it's clearly some sort of message, but also still in code. Basically, mm. uh, these spies be, be really trying not to get caught. Uh, they're going, going the extra mile a little yeah, bit. Yeah, come on. It's the Cold War, all right? And look, I hate to say this, but Jamie, as a communist, uh, you know, from the get-go, all right, he's already on... You know, the little guy side, the small guy, Mark Rylance, you know, just Absolutely. a little Russian spy trying to undermine America's side, guys. You know, little uh, little Russian slash Scottish slash Northern English spy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is some, <laughs> So that is a, a fun fact for you guys. Uh, obviously, Mark Rylance in this film was doing a kind of Scottish lilt, uh, yep. despite the fact that the character is from uh, Newcastle. Yes. Which... Yeah, I, I, I really I was really confused by that because... I was certain that he was doing a Scottish accent. And then they yeah. very much say, oh, yeah, no, he actually grew up in Northern England. But also, they never really explain that. Like, they just say he did, but they never really explain how he ended up well, as a Russian spy. Which is something I kind of like, is that this guy has talked so little that they know very little about him. Yeah. That, that, that he's just sort of an enigma to them. There are times where he speaks in Russian, all this kind of stuff. And I, I think that works for... For who the Definitely it works for Mark Rylance's performance. Yeah, uh, which is very understated. Um, very understated. It's very Mark Rylance in the yeah. good. The uh, police end up somehow finding where he lives. Uh, so they break into his apartment. Uh, he's acting very, you know, casual. He's like, no, you keep calling me Colonel. I, d- I don't know what you're talking about. But, uh, you know, can I put my teeth in? Uh, can I wash my easel? Um, and they're like, yeah, sure. We need to search your apartment. So while they're searching his apartment, he, uh, he very subtly grabs that piece of paper and wraps it up in a cloth and then uses it to uh to uh clean his his paint uh, yeah. paint palette uh thus destroying the the one uh piece of evidence that is in there mm. um at this point we cut and meet our lovely boy tom hanks and he's yeah. deep in conversation with a man and this is this is one of those conversations that has a classic Spielberg thing. They talk about something that's going to come back later in the film. But, of course, they're talking about insurance, right? This guy is talking yeah. to Tom Hanks and saying, look, 
They're fuck your guy. Tom Max is going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not what? my guy. Not, <laughs> not my, my guy. guy. Client represented by my insurance the, the insurance company to the insurance company is my client, alright? This guy, not my guy. And they're like, whatever. Your guy, not my guy. Hit five people. <laughs> that's five claims you gotta pay out. And he's like, whoa, whoa, well, whoa, whoa, I, whoa. I, I think specifically he says, you know, there's there's five incidents here and, and Tom Hanks is just like, Whoa, you I'm 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 I only I only know of one. I've I've not heard of five. You explain to me five. And he goes, Well, your guy, not my guy, hit five was like I think he's maybe drunk driving. Yeah, or like or lost control. Just recklessly hit, driving and hit and hit five motorbikes. Um and and Tom Hanks goes on a spiel of like, hey, if if a hurricane passes through town and lifts up your house, that is one house being lifted up. It didn't also break every individual piece of furniture. For insurance purposes, that is one accident. We only have to pay out the maximum for one accident. That's what they're trying to say. Is he's there's the the insurance company is only paying out whatever a hundred thousand mm. dollars um for the incident and they're trying to claim that each of these individual people should receive the one hundred thousand dollars each because it's each individual accident whereas the insurance company are saying this is one accident we pay out the maximum on one accident and guys and guys this is gonna come up again later in the film kind of yes there's lots of lots of motifs from this conversation alone yeah, always a great time. Uh, we know he's the cock of the block, right? He's walking around, he's strutting it. He's a great lawyer. He walks into his boss's office. He's like, boss. His boss is like, hey, Tom uh, Hanks. He's his like, boss, hey. who is who is Alan Alder from uh, from Mash, uh, for any of our sure. slightly older listeners out there. I think I'm it's probably like you, the oldest person that listens to this. Older listeners? No, no, no. Uh, it's mostly my mum uh, who oh, pointed out. Oh. That she was like, oh, it's Alan Alder from Mash, and I was like cool um although i have a, i've heard the name alan older but i would never recognize him uh, in a lineup um so yeah his boss is like hey we've got a pretty big pretty big uh pretty big job for you aren't you excited uh pretty big so job. you're gonna be representing uh, a russian spy isn't that fun and he's like I'm an insurance lawyer. What is this? And he's like, yeah, but you know, he he apparently, as I believe, is a real fact, uh, was like in some capacity involved with the Nuremberg trials. No, he was a pro- um, he was a prosecutor at the Nuremberg trials. He was so, also, and they don't mention this in the film. He was the general counsel for the OSS. So, like, so the 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 precursor to the CIA, he was vaguely involved with. Um, yeah. So they're like, time. clearly, you you have experience here, and we. You know, we wouldn't want to be seen as not giving someone, you know, the the proper due process and proper legal counsel. Um, so Tom Hanks is like, fuck, right. I, I'll consider uh, it, maybe. Um, he goes back, meets his uh, associate, um, who's who's a young kid, uh, and, and he's like, you know, like, maybe we'll do this. Um, why don't you come around to mine tonight and uh, and we'll 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 discuss this. Um, yeah. So and you he got goes, anything on? The guy's like, I got a date on, and he's like, You got anything on? And he's like, Nah, I got nothing on. I'm working for <laughs> you, boss. All right, yeah. it's Tuesday, I got nothing. He's like, Cool. Yeah. So Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks likes gets... this. He lives for the thrill of the kill. All right. Yes. Cock of the block. Um, he he gets home, uh, and his family are all like, Ah, uh, you probably shouldn't do this. It's a pretty bad look as an American during the yeah. Cold War to be seen to be defending a Russian spy. And he's like, Yeah, but you know, it's the Constitution. Everyone, everyone deserves a right to a legal counsel. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. I'm not really sure. Uh, then his daughter comes in and says, <laughs> I got stood up on my date. Um, uh, her, her daughter, who yeah. I believe is played by the person from Stranger Things. 
I would not know, but perhaps. I think she I think she plays the uh, older sister in Stranger Things. That is very possible. Um, so yes, it's very clear. It it it's like it's a fun joke that yeah. that very clearly the the guy was supposed to go on a date with his daughter, but like what what is going on here? Like. Does this man not know that he was going on a date with his boss's daughter? Because you should not go on a date with your boss's daughter. Like, yeah, that's fair. a really bad idea. You know what? Um, Don't you the boss's daughter. And, that's very important. Like, it's 1950s. Ask beforehand. Yeah. And like when and then the uh, the kid turns up and there's no registration. Like the guy doesn't. Like, there's no. Oh, hey, you're the girl it's, I was going to go on a date with. It's I, I think he knew. I think they're just trying to keep it under wraps from the dad and i think the whole thing was like oh he doesn't know but he knows he knows tom hanks yeah. knows and uh i i that, it's something i really like about spielberg movies in general but they just have bits like that where like that bit is never articulated at no point is that ever articulated that they were going on a no. date but you know it no yes it, it just becomes very clear um and the guy turns up with all the books uh and uh and he tom hanks's wife who is played by uh the actress who played holly flax in the office uh, for anyone who likes the office um and and she's just like oh so you're here to help uh help my husband decide about whether he's doing the case and the guy just goes help decide of course we're doing it it sounds great uh, and, law. Uh, and i do enjoy constitutional law yeah um, he realizes very quickly that he done fucked up. Um, so we cut to Tom Hanks meeting Mark Rylance for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, and Tom Hanks just lays out uh, that, like, look, I'm here to, I'm here to help you. Like, are you, are you going to cooperate with uh, the government? He goes, no. Okay, cool. Then you should not talk about your case with anyone except for me, uh, yeah. and lays out what he's going to do, and also that there are potentially, you know, things like the death penalty are are possibilities. Uh, at which point Tom Hanks says something along the lines of, you don't seem very scared by all of this. Uh, and we get to now what, what becomes this adorable Russian spies catchphrase um, where he says, would it help? Uh, and, and Tom Hanks just just kind of smiles at him. He's like, you're going to die. <laughs> uh, but it, it becomes very clear um, that Tom Hanks wants to take this seriously. Uh, he he sees this as the con- the constitutional right that this man should receive proper legal counsel, uh, and therefore, even though he sees him as an enemy to the state, uh, he yeah. still deserves that due process. And it's important to know that all the way through, the judge in this trial is very much uh, leaning on the side of the government in a way that seems fairly extra legal. Like yes, <laughs> ev- everyone expects this to be a show trial, so why they want the the veneer of legality to be shown. They don't want him to defend him too hard. They don't want him to win. The, no. And the judge is very biased. Uh, Tom Hanks yeah. says, look, we need six weeks. To, we need an extra six weeks to trial. So I can actually look because at this evidence. There's shit that loads of evidence. Denied. Yes, yeah, he's just like, no, no look, we're, we're going to court in three weeks and he's going to be found guilty. Um, then, then, it is at this point that we are interspliced with the other half of this plot, which yeah. is the American spies spying on Russia. Uh, we have a soldier, uh, an American pilot going through a lie detector test, which is wild because they're not even admissible evidence in court like the fact that like the fucking army are using these um to to help uh judge aptitude is bonkers but uh he then goes back to join his buddies one of whom is jesse plemons um of breaking bad and fargo fame that's the guy i was talking oh that's the guy you were talking about jesse we both knew he was he's in game night and also in vice 
Okay, I did not know that. I know him from Fargo and Breaking Bad and Friday Night Lights. Um, very, very good actor. Um, may, 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 <laughs> I was about to say maybe it's the person we're doing next, but I feel like if, if both well, of, of us course, forgot his of name... Of course, he was there in a way when... when, when... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, they go, they've all gone through this aptitude test and they have a man from the CIA basically go, so lads, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to fly into a, uh, enemy territory and you're going to take photos of Russian uh, land uh, and no one's going to know you're doing this. This is completely off the books. You don't tell your wife, you don't tell your kids, you don't tell anyone. Uh, as far as we're concerned, uh, you are basically already dead. Um, and they're like, cool. Uh, cool, cool, cool. At this have... point, uh, Tom Hanks also finds out that there was no warrant. There was a warrant for his arrest. They didn't, and this is this is where some of the true history comes to play here. Um, basically, the CIA was tipped off about uh, was he FBI? FBI or J Edgar Hoover were tipped off about the existence of this guy. However, they had no evidence on him. They just knew he was around. Um, they had a warrant for his arrest. They did not have a warrant to enter his home. And so, yeah. when they illegally entered his home and took all this stuff as evidence, none of this stuff should be admissible as evidence. They did so illegally. That yeah. was very so bad. Tom Hanks is just like, "Look, you can't, you can't do any of this." And the judge is like, "Fuck you! Yes, we can." Uh, again, the judge not is like, "America, America," <laughs> and the guy's like, "But, but the constitution." Yeah, he's already like, having America. visions of like getting a presidential medal of freedom like yeah. <laughs> placed on him. Um, just before this, uh, Tom Hanks meets uh, gets tailed and then has uh, a drink with um, one of the cia officers um who basically goes hey so as uh has mark rylance is he what, what's he told you come on give give us yeah. the goods uh and tom hanks is like <laughs> i don't think you're you're not really trying to make me uh break break uh attorney client privilege are you <laughs> and he's like yes yes i am um uh, and Tom Hanks, uh, in no short words, tells him to uh, fuck off. Um, yeah, Tom Hanks also, has a good speech about the constant, like yeah, what makes us Americans. It's a great speech. It's a good Tom yes, Hanks speech. Yeah, it, it's like the like the rule. He, he's like there are no the the guy he's speaking to is like there are no rules here. And he says, well, what makes us American? It's the rules, which is, I like it is a good speech, but it's also like really, <laughs> most countries have rules. Um, but uh, yes, he's like, look, that that is the difference. If we're trying to prove to uh russia like if we're trying to beat russia we need to remain ourselves and yeah. therefore we need to remain loyal to that also Which, just before that in this scene tom hanks um is the worst spy in history i know he's not actually a spy but he's in an espionage film and the way he hides is by ducking down behind a car with an umbrella like the umbrella is very clearly just completely pointing out over the he doesn't even duck behind like the tall part of the car he ducked behind the fucking hood like the lowest part of the car um uh, and that's what i appreciate about tom hanks in this film is tom hanks in this film is every dad after two bottles of corona on a friday night right <laughs> it's like it's tired you come back from work they're gonna fall asleep in 20 minutes but if they could have half an hour before that they're gonna be real weird with the way they like to hide yeah um, um he uh we get the first court scene they go to go to court um and that's then interspersed with a bunch of kids uh saying the pledge of allegiance in a classroom and then being shown um a bunch of fear-mongering propaganda uh, about how the communist what to do when the communists drop bombs on us um and that so was we- that was to be fair that like, there's not so much propaganda as like we should to this day still know what to do when the event if nuclear weapons get dropped it, it was it like 
There is propaganda. I I would say the Pledge of Allegiance is more propaganda than necessarily like Fair teaching enough. kids what to do in the game. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so Tom Hanks gets home and his son is like yeah. full on <laughs> conspiracy nut. <laughs> like, okay, so this is what we've got to. I'm filling the bath dad, right dad, now. Dad, you need dad, to shower dad, in the dad, other. Have one. you heard of Q? Have you heard of Q, Dad? Jesus, come on! It's everywhere. <laughs> Trump's gonna save us all. There's a deep state conspiracy, Dad. Oh my God, where are we going? Yeah, uh, so the kids the kids really been uh, affected by what he's been shown at school. Um, and then Tom Hanks is uh, riding on the way to the courtroom again. Uh, and we get, again, another scene that's going to come back later yeah. where people are reading stories and seeing photos of him being the man defending the Russian uh, spy um, in court. Uh, and then, like, looking at him and being like, yeah. look at this dirty uh, fucking anti-American scum. Dialogue with his wife earlier, but which is right, right? Like she calls him a traitor to which tom hanks says no 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 no!" like there was another couple which were a traitor they were american citizens and they gave away nuclear so secrets to the soviets this guy has never been american he has not betrayed our country he has worked for the other country he is you know he's a spy but he's an honorable man he hasn't you know he's just doing what he's doing and i gotta make sure this guy isn't gonna get killed and like, that is the we have here. people we have people doing the exact same thing over there so yeah. we want to like treat i think this this thing comes in later when he's talking to other people but this is a, a big thing of like we want to show to the russians that you know this is what we do when we capture one of yours so maybe maybe you don't do that when you capture one of ours um that might be some slight foreshadowing mm-hmm. uh we get another scene with uh tom hanks and uh oh uh, no he's declared guilty yeah they, um, they lose the trial and the judge is like by the way jury I think he was super right. I would have done that too. Again, fucking weird. Yeah. But okay, so, Judge. Tom Hanks is talking to Mark Rylance uh, back uh, uh, in... I was about to call it backstage, but whatever. He's speaking to Mark Rylance in prison, being oh. like, so we're going to try and not have it be the death penalty. Um, and Mark Rylance does a very good speech uh, about how he says, like, Tom Hanks reminds him of someone uh, when he was younger... Uh, in in what is a very subtle burn he just says you remind me of someone who used to come around my house um uh, my dad always said uh, keep an eye on this man and he never did anything remarkable ever um but uh and tom hanks just goes oh thanks uh but then he goes on to say that this man uh one day uh the police or whomever uh came in to his house and started beating up his father and this man and this man uh just would get beaten fall to the ground, stand back up. Beaten, fall to the ground, stand back up. Beaten, fall to the ground, stand back up. Uh, and Mark Rylance said he always uh, looked up to this man. Uh, clearly is an illusion for remaining, what he's doing right now, not not betraying his country, remaining true to one's, um, one's own country and one's own duty. Uh, and Mark Rylance obviously I, is very, I, very good. I think it also, he views Tom Hanks to an extent, as the stunning man too, right? Like, yes. The fact that like he's out there taking the slings and arrows, Mark Rylance, nice bit of Shakespeare there. Um, but and he's getting back up and he's doing the right thing. He is doing the. He is taking it on the chin, so he can you know continue to survive and they can all move on. Uh, yeah. At this point, uh, Tom he Hanks goes to goes the to judge's house. No, no, sorry, yeah, he goes to the judge's house. You're right, and he's like, look, I'm gonna, I've got to make a case here for the sentencing. 
uh, it's not going to be strictly legal. So, like, think big picture, right? And the judge is like, well, I didn't strictly care about the law either. So, sure, go ahead. I like these very emotive uh, cases not based on the law. Tom Hanks goes, cool. Uh, yeah, so maybe don't kill him because he's a spy and we have spies. And I don't know, dude. Maybe you'd want something for a trade. Yes. We're just yeah. around executing spies. We lack any ability to get people back. Yeah, so we then cut to the courtroom where, um, summarily, the court judge sentenced him to 30 years in prison instead of killing him, uh, and everyone gets very, very angry. They start throwing things, they start uh, screaming um, uh, that this man isn't being hanged, um, and Tom Hanks goes back again to... Uh, we have another conversation with between him of and Mark course. Rylance. Uh, okay. No, he has another conversation with Mark Rylance um, where he starts to say, we can go on appeal. You know, we can appeal this case. No, 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 no. So beforehand, he goes to... He has a couple of other chats first, which are he chats with his boss, and his boss is like, great job, we're done. And he's like, no, 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 we're not done. Like, this, there's a load of illegal stuff here. There's a case, I can take this to the Supreme Court, and his boss is like, don't do it. He goes to his wife. His wife is like, you did your job, we're done. <coughs> he's like, no, man, I think we're cool. I think, we're, I think we could go to it. I believe I- also the shooting happens... In between this and... It, it's about, no, so he goes to the Supreme Court before that. Um, oh. There's also been a couple of scenes we've missed out, but they're not hugely important, uh, where the pilots are shown the new um, yeah. uh, the new planes and whatever, uh, and they're just like, look, you're going to fly 700,000 uh, feet in the air. It's super lightweight. Uh, if you get caught, fucking you kill yourself. Just just yeah. straight up... You're, you, were expected you're, you're, to, you were expected to go down with a plane. Uh, if you don't go down with a plane, you're expected to kill yourself. They're given um, like a little pin in a coin uh, to to stab themselves oh, with. Uh, nice little poison teeth, them. Though, Jamie. Ooh, Spies coins. And mm, um, uh, and yeah, they just very much like, look, we're not going to come. You're you're dead. Kill yourself. You are not allowed to end up in enemy's hands. Um, Tom Hanks takes it uh, and presents his case to the Supreme Court. Uh, before we find out the verdict is when the shooting happens. So we have one of these uh, pilots. He's flying up in the air, you know, chilling at seven hundred thousand feet taking some pictures uh when suddenly a rocket hits his plane oh no that's not gone to plan um he's staring at the the eject button uh not the eject the destruction button uh he's staring at it and he's like oh oh i know it's what they said but what if i didn't what if i just didn't do that like (laughs) a baby um uh so um the plane falls apart. Uh, he gets ejected out of his seat uh, and parachutes down and is captured by the Russians. Um, at this point... The point uh, the shooting happens. What? Wait, there's what? a shooting at... So, uh, it's, it's around this time in the narrative, there's a shooting at their house. Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, the kind of daughter is eating a jar of peanut butter, eating her way of feelings because her dad's stolen her boyfriend. Uh, and someone just shoots through the window... Uh, she ducks for cover, uh, starts screaming. Tom Hanks comes in. He's like, what's happening? And she's like, I hate you, Dad. It's all your fault. And she goes to hug her mum. Uh, and it's very sad. And you go upstairs. Tom Hanks hugs his uh, youngest daughter and uh, his son. Uh, importantly, this is an invention of the film. This did not happen. This is not okay. a real thing. Afterwards, the police come. The you know, detective in charge is like, look, we'll leave some guys behind to look after you, blah, blah, blah. And one of the police officers is like, hey, Tom Hanks, why'd you let that guy go free, you asshole? And Tom yeah. Hanks is like, you want to go outside, mate? You want to go outside, son? Terrible. Um, 
Yes, um, it is at this point or around this point that um, Tom Hanks receives a letter from Leipzig. Uh, and he's like, oh, am I am I getting hate mail from East Germany now? Um, but no, he is not. Oh, by the way, the Supreme Court decision uh, got slapped down uh, for yeah. five to four, I believe. But five to four. So it was a tight decision. Yes. Um, uh, that to know the uh, older will not be uh, retrialed. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, also- the le- uh, Jamie, for our younger listeners, uh, what's East Germany? See, what's East, like, these uh, words, sorry. Why are you asking me? You know I know nothing about history. This is my worst topic. I was genuinely watching this <laughs> and the scene in Berlin being like, I think I kind of understand what's going on, but not really. Um, so so I, I believe, I believe East Germany or West Germany, one of the halves of Germany, of Berlin, even, was eventually annexed and owned by the Russians. And so it became two separate countries, one owned by the pre... This is after the Second World War, where the Germany, Germans did no, no, no. Um, yeah. And so the Russians took control of half of Germany, and that half ended up splitting directly down Berlin... Um, which is why the Berlin Wall was built, which is what is happening around the time we are uh, we are yeah. in right now. Uh, this is really stressful. So, I know nothing. I, I, about I will this. give I will give a quick overview because this is important for uh, this second half of the film's kind of politics. Because like, you. and it directly plays into the narrative. So I'll, I'll give the quick overview. Uh, following World War Two and the uh, capture of Berlin by the Russians. Um, Berlin is effectively split between uh, West Germany, which is controlled by the uh, kind of Western forces, so the British, the Americans, and uh, East Berlin, which is controlled by the Russians. Uh, East Berlin is recognised by the uh, Americans, but Eastern Germany is not. Um, Eastern Germany at this point isn't on any American maps, doesn't have any formal recognition, is not part of the USSR, I believe at this point, I kind of ever does, uh, is basically controlled by a German pe- Democratic People's Republic. They are effectively controlled by the Soviets, though. They kind of stand separate, but they're very much under the boot of Soviet Russia, give or take. Uh, so that's what you got to know about East Germany. Thanks. So um, he's got a letter from East Germany uh, basically being like, yo, come over here. We've, we've got some fun, happy negotiations for you. Um, mm-hmm. Because they've captured, obviously, this uh, soldier. We see him uh, getting shouted at in Russian um, as he um, slowly gets uh, gets sentenced, whatever. Um, and uh, he speaks to his bosses uh, and they're like, I don't even think it's his bosses. I think at this point it's like the CIA. And they're He's like, so yeah, you're, you're going to go over there because you're a, a, like a citizen rather than a uh, official member of the, the government. And you're going to negotiate the trade of Alder for, for our guy. Mm-hmm. Remember? Our guy. That thing that came up in that conversation earlier. Oh, it's back. Yeah. Um, so guy. they want to get their soldier back. Uh, just before he flies over to Germany, though, uh, we have a shot of a new, a young, a new young gentleman. We've not seen him before. Uh, he's cycling along through Berlin as the wall is being uh, constructed. Um, and he ends up uh, get, getting a little bit captured. Just just he gets he gets himself in a little bit of a quinky dink um, where he is being shouted at uh, by some by some German soldiers. Um and uh, and they're like, hey, you're an American. Uh, that means you must be bad. So we're going to arrest you. Uh, his German girlfriend is not very happy about that. Um, but yeah, so this kid gets uh, arrested. 
when Tom Hanks then arrives in Germany, he is informed of this um, being like, so there's there's been a bit of a, a roadblock. Um, so obviously we want our guy. They've got, we, we've got their guy, but there's also this third guy. Uh, he's a kid. Well- He's been yeah. captured and we think they're actually going to try and pull a fast one on us and make us trade for the kid instead of for our guy. Don't mm. do that. We want our guy. And Tom Hanks is like, why not both? Yeah. Why can't I just get both of them? Because they're both American. I would like them back. Um, and he also notes that the kid is the exact same age as his assistant. Um, yeah. I, it's not hugely I, so, important this kid was in Germany because he was writing <laughs> he was writing his uh, thesis on uh, communism um, in, uh, in Berlin. So uh, at this point, this is kind of where we start getting into the kind of more mechanical, like tricky part of actually explaining the plot. So I'll give the brief overview. He's coming to meet Fogel at the uh, who is the meant to be the lawyer of uh, of uh, Mark Rylance's family to help negotiate the whole thing, uh, and he's meant to be meeting him in the Soviet embassy in East Berlin to get through. He needs to get his papers done, but very importantly, in East Berlin, as the wall's going up, he needs to basically keep strum as much as possible, not draw attention to himself, or likely he'll get kidnapped or arrested for being an American spy. Yes, uh, he makes um, his way across. Yes, the... in we very keenly uh, when he is stopped at the borders, uh, you they start speaking German, and there's no subtitles, and it made me very excited. As someone who recently watched the film 1917 and got yeah. very annoyed that they had subtitles in the French scene in that, when the entire point of the scene is that the soldier doesn't understand what's going on, I really really liked this decision yeah. where Tom Hanks doesn't speak German. He, he gets some some vague german phrases out that clearly he's been taught to try and help him get through but he doesn't know what's being said at him therefore the audience doesn't need to either the whole point is that he is confused and therefore the audience should be too and makes it feel more like dangerous i really really like that and it annoys me when films include subtitles when they do in the same way that like there's a very good patrick williams video about like uh using different languages in movies and if you want to watch it it's about the hunt for an october i'd recommend it but it is also just like i much prefer movies or TV shows like um, The Death of Stalin and Chernobyl, where, like, if you're if you're only in that other world, then just do it in normal accents, right? Like, yeah. if you're not going to hire a bunch of Russian actors, that's absolutely fine, but just have people do it as normal, and we get it. Like, we get they're speaking Russian, that's fine. Don't really need anything else. But if you're doing it, you're, like you said, where the character knows nothing, then the character shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to understand it either. Yeah, and Spielberg we, does that really yeah. well. Yeah, we don't need to know well, more yeah. than the character needs to know. Yeah. Um, he He's waking his way through uh, yeah. East Berlin. He gets uh, accosted by a gang of youths <laughs> who are like, yeah. hey, if it isn't an American, uh, uh, give yeah, us and, your coat. Yeah, they say a bunch of shit in German that obviously don't understand, but it basically becomes clear that they're like, hey, we'll let you go <laughs> and tell you where to go if you give us your very nice coat. Um, and he's like, okay, I guess that's a fair trade. Um, and he arrives at the Soviet embassy uh, meeting uh, some some adoring family who are like, oh, my God, thank God you're here. They're creepy. Oh, our, our lovely older, have you got him? And then he's like, well, no, he's, he's not. We're, we're here to make a trade. 
I, yeah. I don't have him because I, I'm 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 here to make a trade. And they're like, oh, he's not here. <laughs> and then another man comes in and he goes, oh, are you Vogel? And he goes, no, Vogel can't be here because it'd be only inappropriate for him to be here. But, you know, I'm his assistant, so I'm here to speak for him. Uh, and then he goes, oh, if, if uh, the family could, uh, you know, wait in the other room, uh, at which point they immediately drop all their emotions and march out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's a bit weird. Um the negotiations go well pretty quickly, right? The Russians are like, look, we want to give you our guy. You get, you know, we want to give you your guy. You give us our, your, uh, our guy. And we're like, and Tom Hanks is like, okay, let's do it this weekend. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe, maybe we take like a month or something. He's like, no, 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 no. This weekend. No, I've got a cold now. Yes. I but it's not home. even like, let's do it in a month. It's how about you give us our guy now and we'll just give you your guy a little bit later. It's a and real whole, bad negotiation technique. Yeah, and the whole uh, situation is massively complicated by um, the fact that Tom Hanks has also decided against the advice of the CIA, but again, guys, who needs the CIA, uh, that he also is trying to get out the kid from uh, the East the, Berlin Yeah, jail. the student. Yeah, um, at this point, like, the... The Soviet, yeah, he's like, look, we got to get him out. That's part of the deal. If we don't get him, no deal. Yeah, and the Soviet and, and guys like, look, it's different. He's not in our control. We, the Soviets, have your spy pilots. The East Berlin, you know, the East uh, Berlin Authority, which are you know, is technically run by a different government, which isn't run by us, uh, have control of your guy. We can't, you know, we can't, we can't actually help you with this. And he's like, yeah. you can help me with this. You're going to, but you can go speak to Vogel. And he's like, whoa, Vogel's an actual real guy? He's like, yeah, yeah, go, go chat with him. So he goes and meets uh, Vogel, who, as you say, is a representative for the East German side of things. Uh, and he's basically like, you guys are mean to us. Why? We're real. We're like a real people. Please just like recognize who we are. Yep. Please just pretty, pretty please. Um, and, and he's like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you older and, and you give us, you give us the student. Um, and this can act as, you know, a... A, a formal you're 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 at the table east germany yeah. look at you look at you oh, now oh, aren't you cute oh sitting oh, with the big boys it's going <laughs> so well you got your own wall even very cool very cool it's also um which i appreciate guys remember that bit we described at the beginning of the film where tom hanks is explaining how uh it wasn't five different uh insurance cases it was actually just one insurance case and they were only going to pay out for that one to five people they weren't going to pay out five times it was going to be one for five one for five and here tom hanks is trading one person for two people, two people. he's doing the same deal but breaking that out for two people all right we, it's yeah. a little bit of uh symbolism coming back into it <laughs> tom hanks is smart in this film um yeah. and once again he said to this guy so yeah let's get this done on saturday i have a cold i want to go home and sleep um he goes back to his bosses his bosses are like yeah that that like um uh that assistant who's not very important that you spoke to he's actually like uh the sub attorney general for the soviet union yeah uh, he's the kgb's man in berlin like he's, yeah. the, he's the head of the kgb in berlin yeah uh, i can't remember who it is whether it's vogel or the um soviet guy but one of them basically misnames um uh the guy's family he's like oh you know we want to do this for for amelia the mother and and linda the daughter and and tom hanks just goes uh, by the way, Linda was the mother and Amelia was the daughter, yeah. uh, making it even more I, clear I, that this this is not a real family. This is a no, fake family I, I, that was that I think was it was used. Fogel. The KGB guy is very much more like Fogel. 
Vogel is desperate to get the approval, not the approval, but to be recognized by the Americans. Right? Yes, that's, so they, they, that's they what want he wants to win this. here. Sure. Whereas the KGB guy, he's like, look, I just want to get this done efficiently. Tom Hanks even asks, because by this point, Tom Hanks is, like the rest of us, falling in love with a little spy called Mark Rylands. He finds him really so cute. cute, and he's like, what's going to happen to Mark Rylands when he goes back to uh, Russia? And the guy's like, well, we'll find out whether or not he told you stuff. And he's like, what happens if he did? And the guy's like, hopefully he didn't, you know? Um, yeah, and he's just like, well, yeah, but he, he he's not. He's been a good guy. He's been a good soldier. Um, we get a scene of, of the guy in captivity getting tortured. Meh. It's a scene of a man getting tortured. Torture's bad. All right. um, Torture's bad, guys, and we know this now. Yeah. Torture's bad. Um, Tom Hanks basically goes back and forth between um, these two people uh, over a few scenes. They're quite similar scenes, but basically he's organizing. Yep, okay, Saturday morning, 5 a.m., we're going to trade. We'll bring Alder. He can come over. He's uh-huh. already been notified. He's on a plane over. He can be here Friday. Let's yeah. do it Saturday morning but at guys, 5 a.m. Vogel doesn't like... Vogel finds out Vogel's being played. All right? Yes. And, and he Vogel doesn't, doesn't like, like being played. East Germany is a real country, and, and we and we want to be treated with respect, okay? You're being real mean, Tom Hanks. Stop being so mean. Tom Hanks follows them, and he's like, look, just because we're getting one for two doesn't mean that it's not a real thing. You know, look, it's a good deal. We're recognizing you. No, you're not Tom Hanks. You're, you're so a mean. bad Tom Hanks. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Tom Hanks is like, what? He gets in his car and uh, Fogel decides he's going to go on a joyride through the East Berlin streets. There's no law here. There's just the Stasi. Uh, I think they get arrested by the Stasi. I'm not sure even the Stasi around at this point. Uh, Tom Hanks gets thrown in East Berlin jail overnight. Yeah. With no jacket. He's already freezing to death. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, I think I think uh, I, it's a very funny line. Slightly earlier, uh, after yeah. he gets his jacket stolen, the KGB guy's like, "Hey, it's it's cold out there. You you should probably buy a jacket." <laughs> <laughs> it's, but and then there's uh, I can't remember where it was, but I think it's in that same conversation. He's like, "Well, I had a got jacket, but it got stolen." And he's like, "What did you expect? It was from Saks Fifth Avenue." And I just like it's a very cool line of these guys know everything about Tom Hanks. Like yeah, yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks is not a spy, but he's playing in the spies' world, and they know everything yeah um, um and that's basically after he gets released he's having oh, this is, breakfast this is yeah uh, is that he goes to, yeah. he's hungry he goes to uh because originally he's been kept in what is effectively a shack in west berlin like it's yeah. falling apart and originally he's like oh are you staying here and the the cia guy's like no i'm at the hilton so he shows up <laughs> to the hilton and he's like yeah i'll have the uh the american, the american breakfast, breakfast. <laughs> And and the continental breakfast and the woman's just like at the same time or one after and he's like no no at the same time and coffee. She's like um, okay. At at this point, the CIA guy turns up, um, and he and Tom Hanks like so yeah the uh, the the Soviets are down but East Germany they're not going to give us the student and the, mm. so the CIA guy's like dope so so let's go cool. Saturday morning let's fucking go yeah, Yaldi yeah, 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 <laughs> son I'm getting so promoted for this. Yeah, uh, and Tom Hanks is again like, no, we, we want the tune. And yeah. He's like, I don't give a shit about that tune. Yeah. We'll maybe come back for him later. Yeah. Um, but Tom Hanks Tom, is insistent. And he's like, Tom Hanks is great. Tom Hanks this. is like, look, son, I'm playing for all the marbles. That's right. Not half the marbles. I'm playing for all the marbles. They're going to blink, motherfucker. Just you wait. And the guy's like, well, look, the, the, the attorney, and this was the weird one, it's like the attorney general of the GDPR. German Democratic People's Republic. He wants to meet with you, but like we don't want you well, to go we back, don't need especially to do that because anymore, you were like... just in a Stasi prison overnight. And Tom Hanks is like, nope, I'm gonna I'm go going. meet this guy. I'm getting all the marbles, Jamie. I'm getting all the marbles. Yeah. So he, goes he meets, to meet... meets the Attorney General, 
um and the attorney is it uh, and he's the attorney general is basically just like no you were rude tom hanks we will be respected and you we are real country okay it's so unfair how you're treating us also we're real country. I'm, also i'm busy i'm gonna put us on now. your maps put us um, on the maps yeah. and tom hanks so, is like look to, to which I, I think tom hanks basically said the guy, the guy goes oh cool we'll just trade able for this kid and he's like no 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 it's not just for the kid it's not just for the other guy. It's for it's both. For the guy's like, I got a meeting for an hour. Tom Max is kept outside and um, there's a wee kind of... Uh, assistant. Uh, like, attaché. Yeah, like, assistant. Yeah. He comes out and says, I am very sorry, but uh, my boss had to leave. Oopsie. And he's like, look, look, I need you to give a message to your boss. And the guy like, it's great. I can give message. Yeah. And it's uh, a dope-ass message where he's just like, look, just just let your boss know that, you know, if if you don't go for this, then none of the deals happen. And you know what? Then you're going to have to go to the the Soviets and be like, hey, it's our fault that you didn't get your guy back. And I just feel like the Soviets are going to be pretty angry with you guys about that. I don't know. I, it's up to you. Just let your boss know. I mean, I'm just saying, give me the student or this all falls apart. Um, it's, it's a good scene. And then it is a very good scene. Go- and he's like, and actually, you know what? You know what? You have to tell me before the end of the work day. Because if it's not going to happen, I don't want to get up at three in the morning. Okay? Yeah, I want I'm to go home. and I have, I have a cold. A, I have a cold. I want to go home and sleep. Um, so uh, him, he goes back to his bosses. Uh, and, and there's something along like, well, like, um, uh, have you monumentally uh, fucked this up? And he's like, no, no, no. Look, look, they're going to they're going to do this. They're going to they're going to call us because they know that they can't let this whole deal fall through. Um, and then the guy just goes, and what if they don't call us? And Tom Hanks like, well, then I will have monumentally fucked it up. Um, <laughs> so they're all waiting around the phone. Uh, and finally yeah. they get the call um, and they're like, OK, it's going ahead. But they don't want to do it at the same place. You, there's going to be the, the students going to be handed over at Checkpoint Charlie. Checkpoint Charlie. Yeah. And then we're going to do the trade of older of our guy and their guy at some bridge. The, the, some, some, the bridge of bridge. spies. The it's bridge, the bridge of, of spies. spies. Um, Jamie, what are you talking about? Some bridge. It's in the name of the title. It's the bridge of spies. Yes. So um, it's, it's Checkpoint Charlie is for the kid and whatever. That's yes. Fine. So the next um, morning uh, they are there. Um, there's a fun little thing where Tom Hanks is like, well, they've got snipers. And the CIA guy's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. He's like, why not? Because we also have snipers. snipers. <laughs> um, uh, but this Damon is there. Um... Yes, yes. Uh, to to ID the, um, uh, Jess Bemans is there to ID the, the pilot. And at this point, Alder turns up. And yeah. and him and Tom Hanks, they have a little reminisce. He's like, oh, hey, a, did you do, a really did you do this line. all for me? Yeah, and there's a there's a couple of really great lines where like um, he overhears um, like Matt da- Meth Damon whatever his name is being like uh, I'm gonna oh, like, oh I'm here to ID my mate yay and he's like I think there's gonna be a problem then because uh, when I left I was a young man and like it's How a cute, there's just some ID cute little dialogue yeah. it's good clearly like Tom Hanks respects this dude and likes him on a personal level right like yeah you know whatever or, or very least he believes that justice should be done. Uh, and he can. There's an important line where he's like, um, "How do you think you're going to be received?" They're standing on the bridge, and he's like, "How do you think you're going to be received?" And he's like, uh, "I don't know. Uh, basically, uh, you know, go it, see see how I'm taken into the car. If I'm hugged, uh, if I'm hugged, uh, it'll be good. And if I'm uh, shoved into the back seat, well, then you know." Yeah. And, and, and um, he goes, it, um, "Are you not scared?" And uh, he 
he repeats his catchphrase, which is about the fourth time. It's like, fuck, I've forgotten what it is. Shit. Would it what help? is it? Would it help? Would it help? It's very sweet. I like the would it help. It's very unexpected. It's good. Um, and, so um, they, they all rock up. They're all standing yeah. there. They've got uh, someone on the phone at Checkpoint Charlie. Yeah. They're checking in. They're saying no sign of him yet. Um, they're standing mm. off and they're like, okay, cool. Let's let's trade. Jesse Plemons is like, hey, that's... I think he just... I can't remember. It's like Pulvers or whatever. And he just goes, hey, Pulvers. And Pulvers goes, oh, hey, Mark. And he goes, that's Pulvers, all right. <laughs> he says that to Mark Rylance's character. He just like turns to Mark Rylance and goes, that's Pulvers. <laughs> Mark Rylance shrugs. It's great. And yeah. the guy's like, okay, you go. The CIA dude is like, cool, yeah. don't care about this kid. You go across. And Tom yeah. Hanks is like, uh, son, son. How many marbles are on the field right now? Okay, I can see <laughs> is this all the marbles? one marble. There's one marble over there. Do I have all the marbles? Yeah. No. Um, then fuck off. And very keenly, he's just saying they're just wanting to see if we'll do it without the yeah. without the trade. Uh, at this point, Mark Rylance goes, "Oh, the, there is another. There's another one. You waiting for another one?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah." And 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 you you want you want him? It's like, yeah, I I, I really want him. Uh, and then the CIA director's like, I don't give a shit. You're free. Off you go. Uh, and Mark Grimes just goes, I can wait. It's very yeah, sweet. Yeah, he, he kind of, he, he does the, the Strovish, st- st- like, like standing man line again. He looks at Tom Hanks and he looks with pride, right? Like, you know, these are these are men who, they are professionals. They have a vocation, but they, they have a sense of honor in it. Yes, and that's, Tom Hanks that's says the thing that connects them. And, and, you know, he's like, look. The worst comes to worst is I get shot in a Russian prison, right? Like, I can wait for that. There's no problem here. The Russians were playing uh, chicken. They uh, release the kid. The kid comes across yes. no, and with I, Fogel. A, yes, with with Fogel. <laughs> and, and Fogel wanders up and sticks his heart. Uh, like the, sorry, the, well, the, the, the US American guy sticks his, sticks his arm out. And yeah. Fogel's like, yes, finally, appreciation. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He was just going to take the guy away. And he gets handshake rejected. And it's hilarious. Um, but That's yes, they get, they get the go ahead. Uh, and then yeah. the men uh, cross. Um, uh, the American guy is embraced immediately by Jesse Plemons. But Tom Hanks watches as uh, Mark Rylance's character is just shepherded into the back of the car. Um, no embrace. And he obviously looks off a little bit forlorn. Uh, he then gets home. Uh, we have it's important an- to know that his wife thinks he's been in the UK on a fishing trip. Yes, yeah, he's, he, he lied. So, all the way through the film, my wife's, the wife's been like, look, I need to get me some marmalade from Harrods. Marmalade from Harrods. I am a bear called Paddington and I need <laughs> me some marmalade alright yeah. give me some marmalade yeah. and, and he's, and like, he's okay. just going back going oh these salmon I'm on a salmon fishing. the salmon oh you wouldn't oh, believe it these salmon oh, are amazing God, oh, no. um, and um, so he gives his wife a dry marmalade she's like marmalade I love it and she looks and she's like uh, uh Tom Hanks this is from the corner store yeah. this is not my Harrods marmalade you have forgotten uh, the, the final bit of uh, the Tom Hanks and uh, Mark Rylance which is Mark Rylance says oh by the way I've I've left you a painting I hope it oh. brings you peace uh, and on oh, the this... fa- plane home he yeah. unwraps it and it's just a painting of him yeah. and it's very very sweet it. and there's also there's the um, the kind of pilot guy is sitting on the plane and he tries to thank the CIA he's like I, I want, who, am I, who am I meant to thank like, I want to thank you you know, for releasing me and like the CIA, they're not happy with him. And it's been made clear all the way through. Oh yeah, there's, there's a, like, but before he goes over, um, there's yeah. a, a bit of dialogue, which I love where, where Tom Hanks is like, look, I don't care about saving that guy. We all already hate this guy. He didn't kill himself. He got himself captured. This guy's a dick. Um, uh, so yeah. And, um, the, and, the, and you know, the kid's like, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And Tom Hanks, he goes to Tom Hanks and he says, you know, like, 
I need you to know I didn't say anything. And Tom Hanks goes, kid, it, all that matters is you know what happened. Like, and you need to not focus on any of these other guys because you, you know what happened. Which I like, yeah. and I like there's an ambiguity there. Like, it's, you know, it's sort of like, look, if it's the good thing, then you know the good thing. And if you, it's a bad thing, then you know that and you know you betrayed your country. Yeah. Um, um, when I, and so yeah, he gives his uh, wife, wife the marmalade. The he marmalade. goes inside, and there his wife's like, watching. "This is some bullshit from the corner <laughs> store." Um, not UK marmalade. Yeah, they go in, and all Surreal. the kids are watching the news. I don't know about you, Al, but that's my favorite uh, evening activity oh, with me and my two siblings: is sitting down in front of the television to watch the news. Um, you have a but, third sibling? Uh, no, I was. It was. A, it was a joke. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> relating myself to the 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 film that we watched, where there are three siblings sitting down watching the news. That is fair. That is fair. I'm okay. not good with the um, numbers and the maths. They're so, watching the news, and as it turns out, guys. As it turns out, uh, everyone knows. Yes, they're, they're just like, so the this man's been released and it was thanks to um, the lawyer Ray Donovan or whatever his name is. It's something Donovan, whatever Tom Hanks' character name is. And they turn and around the and just go to his mum. They just go to their mum. I thought he was fishing. Um, and and then I love up. this. I, I love these yeah. last two scenes. They go upstairs uh, and it's just Tom Hanks like face down, face, planted yes. on the bed. If you, if you didn't know... He he had a cold and he wanted to yeah. get home and go to sleep. Well, and it, and it's also like there's a line early in the film where um, you hear over the radio when it's talking about the Supreme Court verdict because uh, we hear about the Supreme Court verdict with like Abel painting in jail, and it comes over and it says you know the decision was five four blah blah. When they interviewed Ray Donovan, whatever his name is, uh, he was asked you know how did he feel about the verdict, and to which he said tired. And I, I like that plays back into it. He's had this horrible cold. He's been very physically cold and he's tired. Justice has been done. He did all he could for justice. And now he gets to sleep. Yeah. Um, and then the next day he's on a train uh, and we have the reverse of what we saw previously. Now people are looking at um, their newspapers and reading about how he's a hero uh, and smiling at him. Uh, and then as Tom Hanks... There's also a very small thing of him seeing some people jumping over a fence uh, and it reminds him of a shot we didn't talk about earlier where he sees people trying to jump over the Berlin Wall and getting shot to fuck. Um, uh, so he was smiling and then he sort of, his, fade, his smile fades and then we get a shot of him on the train uh, and it explains what happened to the rest of the people uh, throughout life. So... Um, the able oh not able sorry. able went off and lived the rest of his days in Russia. Um, yeah. Which is which is uh, odd, like it's odd that that was his actual outcome when the foreshadowing the film gives you is that he's going to get killed. So it like that's what they try to do. They they shove him in the back to suggest yeah. he's going to go and get killed, but actually it turns out he was fine well, and just lived. I think I think at very least it's that like in the same way the American guy was tortured. I think the implication probably is that he's going to get tortured to see whether or not like. Because, guys, torture's bad, okay? This has been my pet thing for the whole of the show, but torture's yeah. bad. And I think at very least it's like they're going to treat him poorly and they don't they do, they don't believe he's innocent. They eventually do, but they believe that he broke under the Americans and they're yeah. going to, like, do some shit to him. Um, the pilot goes on to... Uh, so what I find hilarious is, like, he goes on to continue to work for Lockheed Martin for another 10 years. Uh, during his summer Lockheed Martin, he's continued to be paid by the CIA. So clearly yeah. the CIA are like, look, we're going to... We might as well keep using you. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, he then uh, eventually the... dies in a helicopter crash uh, in nineteen seventy something. The student goes on to get his PhD at Yale and then uh, becomes a professor uh, at another yep. college. 
uh, and then Tom Hanks's character uh, is asked by uh, Kennedy to uh, negotiate. It's so good um, to negotiate uh, in Cuba Bay after the Bay of Pigs yeah. invasion uh, to get the release of it. Something like 1,100 prisoners. And then yeah. below that, it says when Donovan was done, over 9,000 prisoners <laughs> were released. Uh, that, that's that's a bit more than a two for one, my guy. Um, and he then plays we get for the, all the marbles. All yes, right, and then we get uh, the, the credits. Uh, and that is the end of Bridge of Spies. Um, so let's talk about this film. For people who have uh, not listened to the podcast before, we rate these things on three different categories. We rate the film itself out of five. We rate Tom Hanks's performance out of five. And then we have the Tom Hanks dick meter. How much of a dick was Tom Hanks's character in this film? Uh, and then, of course, we decide whether it goes in the Hanks Bank, the collection of TV shows and movies we're going to show to the aliens to prove our worth to the United States, to join the United States of space. What did you think about this movie, Alexander? Um, look, it's no The Terminal, but I really like it. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, I, I've never seen this in cinema with my dad. Uh, actually, I, before I, I, I talk about my own feelings, this is the only time a member of my family has ever given me a friend's thoughts. So oh, oh, we've got a friend's thoughts. Uh, yes. Both of us are holding our microphones in our hands today. That makes it very difficult to do the uh, the horizontal dab, which is, of course, the uh, start to the friend's thoughts. Uh, section um but so he, what is he the friend's it, thoughts he watched it coincidentally by himself he just sent me a text one day being like just watch bridge of spines again excellent film so i asked him for some thoughts it's beautifully made nicely paced mark rylance acts uh tom hanks off the park but i sense hanks enjoys that was willing to give him camera time and all that not too many heavy-handed messages about commies bad americans good until the very final scene look out for the symbolism of the sniffle cool oh Not quite sure I, what that means i yeah no yeah. I, I i don't other than he had a cold <laughs> and it was i the think it's cold war i yeah i think it's the cold war thing and i also just think it's meant to be like he is an honest man who does not like lying so like yeah. i think it's probably meant to be like the internalization of like these lies isn't something he's not used to yeah um I, I i do like it i do think the best thing about this film was like mark violence is a at least, at least of British actors, and I would argue of world actors, like he's in the top five male actors, and and I, especially with this performance specifically, yeah, it's just so understated. There is yeah. there is so little to the performance, and that's what makes it incredible. Is you you feel so much, and you see so much depth and and reality and and emotion in a man that probably says like 20 lines in this entire yeah. film and and Mark Rylance just does everything with every it's, twitch of the eye every every half pause it's it's so good if you ever are in a you know drama class or an english class where you're learning about acting blah 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 and you um look up any videos of uh i think Stanley Meisner doing like teaching his classes and you'll just see him like they kind of the Meisner thing. They often do the this like repetition technique where you say something, I say something. You just repeat that again. So like you're mad, I'm mad, you're mad, I'm that kind of thing. Yes, and I've he done will that exercise. Sit there, sure, and like he'll sit there and he's had his like vocal box taken out at this point. To like I think he lost it to cancer, so he's got a kind of one of those um, electronic uh, things. Uh, vocoder, I think. Yeah, something like that. And he just sits there and he'll be like, he'll be like, stop, like whenever he like his untruth. Yeah. He's like, stop, go back, do it again. Stop, go back, do it again. Right? That's like, 
and it's a thing I've always thought about with acting of like you can I, I at uni I always used to talk about what I liked in actors is like if I couldn't hear your actor voice that for me made the difference in performances that like some people put on an acting voice well not even put mm-hmm. it on but they were acting and then therefore like the way they spoke just naturally changed they don't even necessarily consciously know it but it changes yes we and we, we the- had plenty of uh friend and you know i i have it sure. as well but um so for example we refer to them as jamie isms uh yeah. or whatever their first name isms uh because so many actors do have those things that just naturally they bring to every single performance uh just yeah. because it's their own it's, personal tips but even me from more than that it's literally just the quality of the voice it is yeah. a it is a you can you can listen to someone on tape and know when they are a lot of people and not even let's say that this makes them a bad actor but you can know when they are performing and when they are and it's not it's not a naturalistic lived in thing so for and example like, if i were to include um 30 seconds before this podcast uh yeah. starts every single time people may notice that your voice changes dramatically oh no 100 i'm doing it and i think podcast is a really good example of this i'm doing a podcast voice right now i am yeah. being energetic i am projecting more i'm doing all this kind of crap and like it what it's not is like my normal voice which is like yeah no cool <laughs> and mark rylance has a incredibly lived in performance yeah there was a scene at this, the beginning scene where uh his house is being stormed into and he's going around being like can you give me my teeth all this kind of crap and these other actors these american and, and i i think often i am overly harsh to american actors who do this because i hear american and i think america but uh, you know and i think performance i think projection but like you have these scenes where it's it's him giving this amazingly naturalistic performance and then someone else in the corner and you're like, you're not even doing the same thing. Like, you're not in the same world. I saw... You You didn't like this show, actually, but we saw um, uh, Adam Scott... Andrew Scott, sorry. In, yes, uh, in Hamlet. Hamlet. And I thought that he was... Um, he was probably the best male performer I've seen live. And I thought he was amazing. And ev- he was doing this one thing. It's very naturalistic. It's very, you know, brilliant. And everyone else was doing Shakespeare. They were doing like <laughs> Shakespearean acting, and that yeah. for me was the biggest problem with the, mo- the the show. Was you had Andrew Scott doing this amazing Andrew Scott thing, and everyone else was doing Shakespeare, like Shakespeare, like you see at the RSC, Shakespeare, like you see at the um, the Globe, and those were two different things. Those are not in the same world. And my yeah, biggest like, problem with the show was that it's Hamlet, and Hamlet is long and boring. Anyway, I carry know. on. <laughs> Guys, it's oh really god, my JV girlfriend to... listens to this. My girlfriend Guys, with a Shakespeare degree. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 Ellen, don't worry, because as we all know, uh, Don Don Juan is like real fun. All right, ooh, <laughs> ooh, windmills, ooh. Right, there's a little donkey man. There's a boy with a donkey. Ooh, Poncho, bugger off. All right, all right, yeah. Go on, Don Juan. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Mark Rylance is amazing in this film. I think the direction is good. I. It is interesting. It is riveting. It's a good watch. It's two hours forty, but it doesn't feel that. Two long. hours twenty. Two hours twenty. Sorry, but it doesn't really ever feel that long. Like no, it doesn't no, necessarily pass the. Thir- it doesn't necessarily pass the thirty minute test, but it does, which is the test in which, like, at when any do you point check you pause phone? a film to see how much time there is left. The correct time left is always half an hour. Yeah, because if it's 
if it's more than half an hour, then it's too long a film, and if it's less than half an hour, then it's too short a film. And this definitely doesn't pass that. But it is it it, it goes at a clip all the way through. Yeah, you can tell that it's just, you know a a Coen Brothers pass in the script. At least it's it's good dialogue. Tom Hanks, I think, does rise to the opportunity. Right, like I love him. He isn't as good an actor as Mark Rylance is, but he rises to that. He you know he's put in a situation where I think he is. It's rare that he's not the most magnetic thing on screen, and I think it's uh, he, the whole thing is great. So I like it. So for me, I'd give it five stars. I like it a lot. Very strong. Um, I I loved this so much. Um, I will admit that uh, I am an absolute sucker for lawyer films and lawyer TV oh, yeah. shows. I I love them so much. I, I it's also it's very similar to why I like Aaron Sorkin. I really like people being intelligent it's it's so wankery of me i completely recognize it's just me feeling like oh i could be that intelligent one day but i just love films that are written where the main character is just incredibly intelligent and is showing off how intelligent they are and how much they can talk people round circles talk circles around people see i i can't even talk circles around myself um yeah. but um talk circles around people and plan and negotiate and and stuff like that um, which, of course, lawyer films are always chock full of. Most Aaron Sorkin projects are absolutely chock full of. Um, so I just, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was just always so, so gripping and intriguing and keeping you engaged. Um, I will talk a little bit more about something that I think is very interesting about Tom Hanks specifically in this that relates to that, but it's much more for Tom Hanks's performance. So I will just say that I give this a five. I, I loved this. I think it's probably, well, obviously, as you say, it's no terminal, um, but excluding the yeah. terminal, I think it is my favorite um, Tom Hanks Spielberg uh, project we've watched. I I really really enjoyed it, but I'm fully yes. willing to accept that that's because it just very much hits on a genre that I really love. That makes sense. Um, I'm willing to like I'm willing to it fully also... accept that like Saving Private Ryan is probably like sure. a better film well, than this. But for me, the only other one which is up there is like Catch Me If You Can. Think, I think I yeah Catch Me If You Can. I think is the one I prefer. Um. But it's, it is a really very, good. very good film. It's. Uh, I also want to say it is such a dad film. And I think that's why it appeals to both of us. Is yes. we have that energy. And uh, it is very much a... You come in on Sunday. Your dad's falling asleep. In, your dad is asleep in front of the TV. And Bridget just buys us on. That is so the vibe wait, the film gets across. Let's. I'm just looking through our um, uh, spreadsheet here. The, yeah. the Tom Hanks Spielberg projects are Bridge of Spies, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, and Saving Private Ryan. Am I forget other than Band of Brothers, am I forgetting anything? Um, no. Is Charlie Wilson's War, is that Spielberg? I don't think that's Spielberg. Um, One second. Check. Yeah, I don't believe check. it is. Char- uh, I can't, it's very hard to type with one hand. No, uh, it's Mike Nichols. Okay, cool. So that means um, I've literally given five or above to every single uh, Tom Hanks and um, uh, and but Spielberg thing, as have you. I, and that's the thing, right? Like, obviously, we are. Well, I don't know. It's it's. Yeah, you, I think you get you gave a six to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I gave a six to Terminal, and then we've given five <laughs> to every single other one. 
I because think, the um, Terminal is the greatest movie ever made, Alexander. I, mean, I feel of course. like you need to remember. Guys, this. guys, and if you don't remember, uh, when we did that, coronavirus was kicking into gear, and we all missed planes. All right, we yes. missed planes. Go, go, go back and listen to that episode. It is, and, right. and you will understand context, why guys. it is the greatest possible movie. As both of us have, uh, like the cathartic release from what had been a two-week panic attack until then. Um, yeah, look, it's it's. I think it's sometimes very. It's common enough for people to be like, oh, Spielberg's overrated and blah, blah, blah. You know, he makes popcorn movies and all this kind of crap. And it's also the same to be like, some people are like, Spielberg's... If, if people only watch Spielberg stuff, they'll be like, Spielberg's the greatest guy ever. And in reality, Spielberg is incredibly good at what he does. Yeah. He's a very talented director. He takes interesting stories and he makes he makes both stories for adults and stories for children. He makes stories that work for everyone. And, and, and we have to remember that this is so deep in Spielberg's career like he could so easily either just yeah. not be making films anymore or just phoning it in we like the longevity with the guys like, like all the way from like or 80 yeah, by this point all the like, way from fucking E.T. and and Jaws through to this and he's still making stellar movies it's, it's incredible so let's talk about Tom Hanks's performance, which is what I wanted to get onto because it's uh, related to what I was saying about the film itself. Um, I feel like this is a very different Tom Hanks character from what we normally see, um, even though there's lots of Tom Hanks-isms in there. He's still, you know, the honourable man and whatever. Uh, and he's still, of course, a daddy. Um, but uh, it is very rare that we see the one of the principal characteristics of a Tom Hanks character be his intelligence. And I think mm-hmm. that's because he so regularly plays that like every man and, and very humble and whatever. And intelligence is so often associated with arrogance that normally it's not that he plays stupid characters. It's just that he doesn't play, you know, these really super hyper intelligent characters. I would think that probably the closest we've seen is something like Charlie Wilson's War, which is obviously... A very similar um, uh, film in sort of themes and, and political as political espionage and etc. Um, but it felt like a very fresh Tom Hanks performance, something that we hadn't seen from him before, which was really really nice to see. Uh, what did you think about his performance in this film? No, I I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I feel it's the most Jimmy Stewart of his performances. Yeah, uh, it's it's very Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's Mr. Tom Hanks goes to the Berlin Wall <laughs> and tell you that Reagan, we were there four years ago. That would be a very bad sequel. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Tom that. Hanks goes to the Berlin Wall. I like that idea. I like I like the idea of people just remaking the Mr. Smith goes to places, but it's just <laughs> Tom Hanks. So it looks like you get a different different actor each time playing Tom Hanks going to places and then solving their problems. Like Mr. Hanks goes to Pakistan. It's, it's like the new assassinates new... some villain. <laughs> it's like the new. Uh, did you see that? Um, the man recently, uh, the man who claimed, uh, who who is has claimed to have been the person who shot Osama bin Laden, uh, was recently banned from Delta Airlines for not wearing oh. a mask. <laughs> oh, my favorite news from the whole of last week. Um, what? What? Yeah, a national hero it... happens to be a military man who spent his entire life in the military is maybe a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> i respect all of our tricks oh, of course I, what i appreciate about you jamie is uh you kind of like a whole mix of political opinions like you really <laughs> couldn't put you in a box you're at once a socialist who really likes the monarchy and also thinks soldiers can go fuck themselves um, um apparently uh ellen was speaking to her friends recently and described me as uh being quite good because i'm very left-wing but i don't realize it <laughs> I think that's the way every left thing. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, rather than just as the the how I describe you, which is uh, the most left wing Tory in history. 
Look, just just because I have this accent (laughs) doesn't mean I believe this accent. Anyway, what were we talking about? We've already been going for quite a long time. This is quite a hell of a tangent to have. Right, anyway, moving on other than the guy. Tom Hanks. Uh, Yeah, I I give him a four in this. I like it. Not my favourite performance of his, but I like it. Um, I... I feel like you are being unfairly influenced by the fact that Mark Rylance is brilliant. Um, oh, so and and so, so he he does but I I don't even think it's that that he gets outacted. It's that they complement each other very, very well and and uh Tom Hanks gives the space to as your dad was saying, gives the space to Mark Rylance to give the performance he's giving, but also that Tom Hanks's performance therefore bounces off of Mark Rylance very, very well. I think this is a five. I can't. I can't okay. think what he could do better in this role. I think. I think we should see more of the eloquent, intelligent uh, Tom Hanks that we don't see as much of. I think he, he could use some of that eloquent and intelligence to play a fucking villain. Tom Hanks, play one villain, you coward. Oh, my friend. You absolute my friend, coward. Have I got a film for you coming up in? I think like three weeks. Don't worry. Which which, we get, which one's we get that? Tom Hanks. Is Sully Miracle on the Hudson? Are you thinking that Sully Sullenberger, the man who landed the plane on the Hudson, is actually the villain of that movie? You support support the geese. He was flying one day, saw those birds and went, (laughs) fuck the birds, and just went straight into them. I think think our friends in the uh, flight agency are going to prove Sully to be the fraud that we all know him to be. No, but Uh, which which film are you talking about? The Circle. Oh, I know nothing about that film. Um, oh, don't, uh, don't look up anything. Okay, uh, cool. John Boyega, isn't it? Oh, Your cool. Man, John, to be fair, I think I think I know about like one film in the next four we're reviewing. I I, I, I just looking down this list and nope. Uh, in fact, one in the um, next five. I will I will say that I don't think what I think that there's good quality Tom Hanks as an actor, and I don't think this is true of Mark Rylance. Is I think Mark Rylance doesn't necessarily give a lot on a scene. I think because he's so insincere an actor, it's like you know this better than i can describe it as an actor but like there are people who give energy and there are people who like don't don't and like you can give a really good performance and not be a great scene partner and i think tom hanks is a very good partner in a scene yes and i think he does really well in that and i don't think inherently mark rylance is that no no i I, I would agree with that uh, very much so. Um, now the Tom Hanks dick meter. We haven't explained actually what it is in a while. Um, and, and it is getting wildly off the charts as I gave a 19 the other day. Uh, but technically out of five um, or, an, or on a scale from minus five to five, we rate how much of a dick Tom Hanks's character is in this. Because we posit that he started out his career playing inherently dickish characters. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that has slowly started uh, starts to fade away as he becomes... Uh, the the everyone's dad. Um, now, admittedly, in the last few weeks, I've given a nineteen and you've given an eight. So um, perhaps our theory is slightly. Also, I am planning on plotting this on a graph at some point, oh, and that nineteen is just going to ruin everything. It's going to be like watching a graph of the debt of the United Kingdom over the last twenty years. Oh, the most left wing um, Tory. Yes, absolutely. So, um, I, I mean, this guy, this guy is 
probably one of the best human beings that Tom Hanks has played. Um, I think have I I have given minus fives before. Apparently, I gave a minus five to the Terminal because obviously that's the greatest film ever made. Um, I gave a minus five to when he played Abraham Lincoln, um, but I I don't think I can quite go all the way up to that. Um, so I'm going to give him a minus three. I think he's. Okay absolutely outwardly a good person doing the right things and trying to be uh the best humanity can be and i mean look, and like i can see that, you're you're Jamie. gonna bring it i'd like gonna... <laughs> i'd like to say that was the case but let's think about it for a second does he and no, this is the advantage does he get someone released from being tortured yes that's very good i'll give him minus two for that the issue of course is uh how he treats his family namely his daughter gets shot at he doesn't really treat that seriously enough uh and then more importantly his wife asks for one thing jamie what does his wife ask for uh one for thing some, that woman marmalade asks for. from harrods right if paddington bear in his little coat and <laughs> his little ben wish your voice was like can i have some marmalade and you went down and he was like i want marmalade from harrods and you're like you're a bougie bear but all right you go and get some from Harrods. If you went to get it from the corner shop and you lied to your wife after putting her, your and her life in danger, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I maybe don't, I be don't think he lied. I don't think he maybe tries. Maybe to be signing those divorce papers. I'll give him a one. All right, not <laughs> I think high. That's wildly one. unfair. I don't think he tries to pass it off as like Harrods marmalade. He doesn't. He's, he like he's just like draw the logo. Off. <laughs> Drew the logo. It's just him being cute and adorable. And you know what? If someone asked me I to get marmalade more. from Harrods, but I did just so happen to be in war-torn East Berlin at the time, I might consider it slightly impossible. <laughs> All I'm saying is he's not very good spy, all right? He was on the bridge of spies, but yeah, he was truthful all along. Uh, Jamie, of course, at this point, we decide whether or not it goes into the Hanks Bank, uh, which is the bank of all the Tom Hanks uh, works uh, that we believe are, you know, proof that humanity deserves to be saved. Uh, we decide whether it goes in or if not, we put something else in there. Jamie, can you tell, what me, you... Can you tell that this is the bit that you don't normally do? <laughs> I've got it down to, uh, are we going to put it in the Hanks Bank? The collection of TV shows and movies we're going to show to the aliens to prove our world to join the United States' space. And you are, uh, you know, it's like the bank of works that's like pretty good and we're going to Oh. Hanks Bank. Hello and welcome back to Hanks Bank. Uh, while I was in the middle of uh, justizing Alexander for being bad at his job, uh, his recording stopped recording, uh, which further proved my point. Um, so that's that's great fun. Anyway, um, I, we were you were in the middle of I was being very rude about you. We were in the middle of trying to transition towards the end of the show because we've been recording for so goddamn long. Uh, I believe you're going to ask me a very important question. Yes, Jamie. Does this go into your Hanks Bank or not? Yeah, I'd love this film. Of course it goes in my Hanks Bank. I fucking love this film. I will happily show this to the aliens. Me and all the baby Yodas, we're going to all fall in love with uh, Mark Rylance together. Um, is this going in your Hanks Bank? Well, here's the thing. The Canucks have gotten through to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I really want to put the Canucks in the Hanks Bank. But you know what? If they win the Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs, they'll go in then. If not, you know, there's no trophies for second place. All right, if you probably get a plate, who wants a plate as an award? So instead, Bridges Spies, of course. You know, I love Bridges. I love Spies. Going in my Hanks Bank. Fantastic. Ah, oh, so that's, that's, you know, we've been on a pretty poor run for the last two months or we've so. We've oscillated. Um, no, we've it's. It's it's jumped between good film, Toy Story, Toon. Good film, Toy Story, Toon. 
good film. Like, yeah, that... Well, no, 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 no. I, you, no, you are counting uh, Saving Mr. Banks as a good film. I did give it yeah. a minus one. Um, <laughs> it is the worst film I've rated because Disney is an evil corporation. We, of course, know this, Alexander. Um, so we, we normally we would, when we don't put something in the Hanks Bank, we have to present, decide what's going to save humanity this week. Yes, yes, Alexander. You do know this film was released by Disney. This is a Disney film. To be fair... Disney is one of about nine different companies were, that are attached to this. They were the distributor this. of this. Well, no, they were the they distributor the in the United States. They are the distributor, yeah. Uh, they are not the distributor in the United Kingdom where I watched it, so get fucked. <laughs> you telling me you didn't watch this on Disney Plus, which you can get for the low, low price of five ninety nine a month? Uh, I did not. I watched it on Netflix. However, it was not in four K, so maybe I should knock it down half a point. As we know, uh, if, uh, if I am a slut for anything, it's them pixels. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> we don't need to decide what. Send going- me a pixel pic. <laughs> yeah, go. Um, we don't have to decide what's going to save humanity this week because we have both decided that the political thriller Bridge of Spies will be saving humanity this week. Uh, so with that in mind, we come to the end of the show. And what does that mean our dear listeners can do, Alexander? All right, guys. Quarantine's over. It's not. It's, it's not, not over. It's not so you're going to wear a mask. Maybe you're going to wait to do this with the vaccine. Maybe, like me, you're going to learn how to hack. That's what I prefer you do. Start learning to make spyware, guys. Spyware with only one intense purpose. It's going to download every episode of this podcast on your friends' phones. That's right. I am, I like Christ, I am putting the evangelic in you. I am putting the fire in you so you speak in tongues and go out there and tell all your Russian friends, tell all your Hong Kong friends, the guys out there in Hong Kong, you know, keep doing what you're doing. China, please ignore us and just go tell your friends about this podcast. If you need a distraction from the real world, that's what you're going to go out and tell them. I am the lord of the podcast dance and you are dancing the dance with me. And I'll dance the podcast wherever the podcast may be and you will help other people dance in the dance of we. Uh, And join us next week when we will be reviewing uh, Ithaca. Uh, Do I know anything about this film? Ithaca not. Did that work? From me, Jamie, and my co-host Al. That's one more F in the bank. (laughs) So, Jamie, was the bridge made out of spies? (laughs) Hank's back.